Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to the Words, Women, and Wisdom radio show, streaming live from BBS Radio in California and syndicating to over 100 stations globally, including iHeart and iTunes. I am delighted today to be joined by my guest, who I'll formally introduce in just a moment, Stephanie Bonte LaBear. Hello, Stephanie. Welcome. Hi, Yvonne. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. And you're dialing in again from Maryland today? Yes, Gaithersburg, Maryland, outside D.C. There we go. All right. So if you're dialing in because you heard Stephanie was going to be on the show, you've never listened to the show before, have no idea what it's about, Words, Women and Wisdom radio show has been going for the past three years, and it's showcasing amazing women. Typically, it's women who have risen from some sort of tragedy to triumph and are now out doing incredible things that are worth showcasing. So I bring forward interesting women who have a story to share. They have they have persevered in the face of adversity in many cases. And Stephanie is uh, a unique individual who I met, oh, about two years ago now, and fell in love with right away. Her energy is um, is upbeat, it's professional, it's warm, and it's engaging. And then I found out when I got to know her a little bit better, why I enjoy working with her so much. So the show is hosted with my background coming forwards of 20 years of senior HR roles, interviewing 6,000 people in my career and now moving that to radio. And then also bringing forward my work as an executive coach, working with women who are entrepreneurs, mission-inspired women entrepreneurs in particular. So I am delighted to share some stories stories today. So Stephanie, a formal introduction. Stephanie helps service-based professionals and sales teams know what to say and how to say it to find more prospects. Who doesn't want that in this world? Close more sales faster when they network and they speak. Now, she's got such an interesting background as a classically trained singer with credits in opera. Oh, we're going to dive into that musicals and cabaret in New York City and beyond. She's bringing together her stage experience, her 20 years also working as a coach and cutting edge personality coding technology to help people use their voices, use their voices more effectively to captivate their audience, whether that's singing on stages or speaking in boardrooms and she is an incredible speaker. I've seen her speak. I've heard her sing as well on stage. Don't know if we'll get to singing today. Um, she helps professionals be the voice of their passions and use their business and passion together. And she's um, set up her, her firm, The Empowered Voice, and recently expanded into doing some new networking topics, which we'll share a little bit later on. So 20 years helping singers, Business professionals leverage their voices for more influence, authentic connections, and increased sales. This is going to be an amazing conversation. Also an award-winning licensed and certified trainer and the previous managing director of eWomen Network in Montgomery County. So welcome, Stephanie. Thank you. That was a really long introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that funny? When you hear somebody else reading your bio... All of a sudden, all of these memories come flushing, flushing, come rushing back, and and it fills in the gaps. It's like, wow, yeah, I have done a lot of things, a lot of things. I said to my yeah. husband just this week, 
you know, when I add up my business experience, it's almost 40 years, but that makes me sound really old. So we'll just go with 20 plus. <laughs> when when you were born, you started a business. <laughs> Funny you should say that. I was actually six when I had my first business opportunity. The uh, little old lady down the road broke her ankle and I used to see her walking past the window going to the park at my house every morning with her two little chihuahuas. And then suddenly she stopped and I thought, oh, I hope everything's okay. So I knocked on her door and she'd broken her ankle and I offered to walk her chihuahuas. And she said, well, how much would you charge me, dear? Bing! First entrepreneur <laughs> gig, I said sixpence, sixpence a week. And she was delighted. Oh, wow. And then it just went on from there. So yes, uh, no lemonade stand for me. I was a dog walker. That's so great. I love it. It's like, oh, I can get so, paid for this. <laughs> this yeah how much do you charge you always right. yes <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your your personal story um I know that you know you've had many twists and turns this is an interesting story but I'm always curious how people's childhood or experiences growing up lead them to what they're doing today so tell me yeah. the story the background well, I have to say that it would be, I would be amazed if I knew what I was going, if I had told my younger self, yeah. younger self, you're going to, you know, be this singer, you're going to move to New York City, you're going to do all these things, I would have been shocked and excited. But I have to say, I've always loved singing, always, yeah. always loved to sing. And ever since my earliest memories are actually of singing uh, lullabies and, and children's songs from preschool. And my mother tells a story about when I was about three years old, I would stand up in the back seat of their car. This was like an old Ford uh, car that had the a bench seats, right? No seatbelts, because I was uh, born in the 70s, <laughs> before seatbelt laws. And I would stand up in the back seat and sing and sing and sing. And she would drive me around and I would sing. And she said, one time it was late at night, I was singing and suddenly I got very quiet and I had draped myself over the front bench seat and fallen fast asleep. Oh. And so I had sung myself to sleep with the sound of my own voice, which is just very, you know, just indicative of my childhood. You know, I just love to use my voice constantly. And so I went to college already knowing I was going to be a music major. I decided to be a performance major that I did not want to be in education, didn't didn't want to necessarily be a teacher in the public school systems because I wanted to sing on stages. Right. <laughs> right. And so my parents, I grew up a very small town in Illinois in the Midwest, very conservative family. And uh I went to college, got my bachelor's and master's in vocal performance, and in, during those years, I actually married my first husband. My first husband was a sort of an impulsive young marriage. I actually got engaged when I was 18, got married when I was 20. <laughs> My father was none too pleased, but he, you know, knew that nothing was going to stop me. And the, how I ended up in New York City was that my husband cheated on me. Mm. So I was faced with a decision. I was I was planning to, you know, be married, have babies and live in the Midwest for the rest of my life doing who knows what 
it. <laughs> and when my husband cheated on me, it was actually a great opportunity, as painful as it was, it was a great opportunity for me to remake my life. Yeah. So I, small town girl, decided to move all the way across uh, half the country to New York City, to the Big Apple, knowing not a single soul. I moved into an apartment that I leased for three months in Queens. I moved the 4th of July weekend, which is Independence Day here in the United yep. States. Mm -hmm. I moved that weekend to Queens, and I remember standing on Queens Boulevard looking down into Manhattan, knowing the fireworks were going to be um, shooting off that night. And here I was, all by myself, having just put my stuff in somebody else's apartment. And I was going to go to work on Monday morning to my first job in Midtown Manhattan. And I was equal parts terrified yep. and excited. <laughs> what, what was that first job, by the way? I worked for an entertainment lawyer in Midtown. It was perfect. He did Broadway shows. So he worked on the contracts for Broadway shows. And so I was doing the perfect kind of work that I wanted to do because I was there to audition. So I was auditioning. I would go at my lunch hour. I would go audition for a show and I would come back and do work. And I'd be speaking to people who were on Broadway and I would be helping my attorney with Broadway contracts. And I would get free tickets to Broadway shows and I would, you know, get to speak to cool people on the phone. All the while I was, you know, living the dream and really um, creating what I wanted to create by by singing in things. And I, at the time I moved in um, the summer of 2000. And at the time there was all kinds of opportunities that didn't require me to quit my job, which is important because I needed the money to pay for the very expensive apartments that <laughs> New York City <laughs> offers. <laughs> so it all worked out. It really, it was a great fit. Yeah. Well, it's funny how, you know, one of those experiences that seems at the time just so painful. Um, you know, I had a similar experience where I, I was cheated on too. And that was the impetus for me coming to Canada because I had been oh. working for an education company in England, doing a lot of traveling, a lot of uh, sales work in different parts of the country, came back a day early and found that my boyfriend had um, decided he was going to, um have a relationship with his best friend's girlfriend <laughs> like, what when i saw her car outside i assumed that they were all there um no <laughs> no so that was that was the turning point where they said to me you know we have a need we we've picked three people we'd like you to actually go and open up an office in canada in vancouver um, would you be interested? And I was like, heck yes, you, you want to, you're going to pay for my ticket to go to another country to work for six months and put me up in a, an apartment and I get to travel and the world and you're funding this. There's nothing holding me here. Absolutely. Yeah. Because that had been a bad experience. Um, it's funny how they turn into the blessing in disguise, right? It's, it's yeah. like looking back, you wish you had made a different choice. And then again, what would your life look like? Would you have been encouraged to do the thing that ended up changing your life, right? So it's it's a fascinating it is. way that life unfolds. It is. And I think that that is, you know, if you're making notes, if you're listening to the show or whether it's the replay or live, um, you know, make a note, right? That there are no mistakes in life. There are opportunities to learn opportunities to take another detour you know um, I very often talk in my work about the universe right the universe the spiritual universe uh, will tap you on the head if you're going in the wrong direction 
And the more you're heading in the wrong path, down the wrong path for you that really does not leverage your potential, the bigger the, the bigger the two by four taps on the head. And so pay attention when these things happen, but also look and see, you know, what is the, you know, pardon the pun, the silver lining. I can say that because my last name being silver. Um, What is the silver lining? What is the opportunity? What is this freeing me up to do that I might not have made that choice and been brave enough to step away if it hadn't been pushed in my face? So interesting story. I am positive that the angels were looking out for me because not only did they give me this amazing job in a field that was in alignment with what I wanted to do, but they also, one half of the firm, the law firm that I worked for was entertainment law. The other half with, was divorce law. So guess who, <laughs> got, <had> all. <laughs> guess who got a free divorce? <laughs> all I had to pay was the court filing fees and the attorney basically worked for free on my behalf since I was an employee. It was like the... I mean, how how does that get set up if not divine intervention? <laughs> exactly. You couldn't, have, you couldn't have scripted that any better. No. So what do you think is the connection now between your very determined spirit and the ability to go to all these auditions? And I mean, I, I only hear obviously secondhand, but there's, you know, usually hundreds of people turn up. You get a tiny bite-sized piece of time to showcase your stuff you know, why you deserve that part. How does that that resilience, do you think, carry over to to business and what you're up to today? Well, to be honest, when I first started out in New York City, I was so naive, I didn't know any better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was there with these big stars in my eyes. And I had come from small town Midwest America where I was landing leading roles in shows on a regular basis. I had not experienced a lot of rejection up until mm. that point. Okay. And when I first came to New York, ironically enough, my very first audition was for a touring company. And I got a part. They, they gave me a part and I turned it down because I had just arrived to New York City. I thought it was going to take me forever to get a yes. I had no idea that my very first audition out the gate, they were going to be like, yeah, we want to cast you. And then, of course, they're like, we're going on tour. And I had just landed a job in Midtown Manhattan. I had just gotten an apartment and I was I I was too afraid to say yes to that first to that first offer because it would have completely changed everything again. And I would have had to leave the city and quit my job. And when you're in entertainment, you know, you're only as stable as the job that you currently have and you never know how long it's going to last. Right. So I, uh, I said no, (laughs) but there were plenty of other things that I was able to say yes to. So I was fortunate that I had so many people say yes to me over the years that I just had confidence in myself. I just was willing to walk into a room and just lay it on the floor. And it's not that I never was rejected. I I definitely experienced it, but I knew that it just meant that I had to keep going until I found the right person who was going to say yes. And Mm -hmm. so that piece of me, because I love singing, I love to perform. There is nothing, when the theater bug bites you, there is just nothing else like it. And every person who loves theater will tell you the same thing, is that when that bug bites, all you can think about is, when can I be in my next show? When can I do the next performance? And so that drives you, and it helps you get through the rejection. It helps you stand in line for hours for a Broadway audition when you're not yet equity, and you don't even know if they'll be able to see you after 200 people. So... (laughs) That's that's the sort of thing that I lived through, but it was a fantastic life experience. Mm. And then you went on to write your own musical. How many years later was that? 
that was just a couple years ago. So it was so interesting as I had, you know, I'm in my mid forties and when I lived in New York, I was in my mid twenties. <laughs> so I had this a uh, couple years ago, I had this sort of nostalgic need to kind of reconnect to the energy that I felt when I was living in New York city, you know, that freedom, that the world is your oyster sort of energy. And I said to myself, you know what, I'm going to get a voice teacher back in New York City. I, there's plenty of voice teachers in the DC area I could have chosen, but I wanted to connect to the energy of New York. So I actually started taking the train from DC up to New York City and started taking voice lessons from a voice teacher with the intention that I was going to start to audition for shows again in New York City. Hmm. Well, in this process of sort of trying to reconnect to you know, my, my 20s, in a real sense, almost like a little bit of a mini midlife crisis. Yeah, I real, <laughs> right? Exactly. Like my husband thought I was a little bit crazy, but you know, he was he was willing to support me. I came to the conclusion that I don't need other people to validate me by giving me the yes and casting mm. me in their productions, that I actually have the power to cast myself to be able to put myself on my own stages and create the music that I really want to perform that's perfect for me and my voice and where I am in my life right now. Because one of the other challenges as being an entertainer is when you hit your mid-40s, there aren't as many parts out there that are a great mm -hmm. fit for you. Either they're a little too young for you or they're a little too old for you. And you're kind of like in this right. middle zone of like, well, gosh, what do I sing here? Yeah. So I wrote my own show. I was like, okay, here we go. I'm going to write my own show. And I had never written music before. Didn't know the first thing about it, but I did have some great ideas for songs. I had some great ideas for lyrics. I had some great ideas for tunes, and I had some great friends. I had a great pianist that I knew that I had worked with in some theater productions in the past. I asked him if he would help me with the actual scoring of the music, because even though I have a master's in music, I'm I'm not you know, particularly talented in actually putting that music to paper. Right. So he agreed to help me. And my voice teacher helped me with the flow of the show and really creating the script that went along with it. And I just went for it. And it was amazing. When you're able to tap into your creative juices and really allow yourself to fully express what you want to express, um, especially around your own story. So I focused it on parts of my own personal story and growing up and mm. some rejection that I felt when I was younger and my story of living in New York City is part of my show. Right. So I was able to bring that energy through in a way I hadn't originally intended to, to create, but that ended up being just the right fit for me. Mm -hmm. And how long did you actually uh, have that show on Broadway? Well, the show didn't go officially on Broadway, but what I did do was self-produce it here in Maryland. I created, I rented a theater and I, I sold out <laughs> a black box theater with all my friends and family and they came and watched me perform it in full. And then I also have taken pieces of it because what I've really done is I've merged it with my business now and I support business owners with being able to use their voice powerfully and tap into their passions. So right. now I have created a musical keynote and I've taken pieces of my show and put it into keynotes that I've taken around the country. So I've performed in Las Vegas, in Florida, in Ohio, in different places when I feel the need to combine my singing into my message, which just makes sense because that's my background. And, yeah. you know, as a, as a master's in voice, I'm a technician. I'm really, really, really good at helping people tap into the physical voice that they have and be able to use it with more power and expression. 
right? And you're also very empathic as well. You're very highly sensitive to people's energy. So what a what a wicked combination that is to be really tapping into people's energetic resonance to their yeah. messaging, the clarity of their message, and then to be able to articulate that in an entertaining way. That really is the pinnacle, isn't it? Yes, yes. And it's been great being able to use my strengths to support others. And I can really sense sometimes what's really happening inside their bodies when they're using their voice. And also some of the feelings that they have around their voice, because one of my goals is to help people love the sound of their voice, not in an egotistical way, but in an honest authentic way that when they hear themselves on a podcast such as yours, or when they speak into a room full of people that what they hear feels good to them, because that builds confidence. Yeah. So you've also uh, taken, as you said, taken this, this um, twist, this evolution over the past couple of years, and started a new networking group. New when I say, um, It's new because you've learned a lot. Uh, We mentioned that you were an award-winning managing director for eWomen Network. You've been part of a number of other masterminds, programs, coaching programs, et cetera. So tell me a little bit about this new venture, Empowered Business Networking, and what makes it different than other networking groups that are already out there? Yeah, so might want to back up one step just to say when mm-hmm. I first moved to Maryland, my business was as a singing teacher. So I was teaching voice to kids and adults. And then I transitioned to helping business owners, just taking my skill sets from the stage and moving it into business. And when I did that, I was introduced to my very first networking group, which was eWomen Network. Sandra Yancey, who's the founder, was there that day to speak. And I loved it. I loved the energy of the room. I loved how people were connecting with each other. And I also noticed how some people struggled. They struggled with what to say and how to say it. They struggled Mm -hmm. with confidence, like actually having that 60 seconds to talk about yourself when people are looking at you. Some people were uncomfortable with that. And I realized that I wanted to help facilitate that conversation more powerfully. So through my experience as eWomen Managing Director, and then again with another group here local to Maryland, I learned what I loved about networking and what I didn't like so much about networking. And in January of 2020, this was before the pandemic hit, I actually said to myself, it's time. I'm going to create a networking group, but I want it to be an all virtual networking group because Mm -hmm. I had connections all over the United States and Canada, and I didn't want to limit myself to just networking locally. So I launched a free group just once a month in January, 2020. Of course, then the pandemic hits in March. And I said to myself, well, that was... (laughs) You know, I'm already set up for the networking now that everybody needs to be doing. And I spent all of 2020 deciding how I wanted this group to look and feel and how I wanted to facilitate it different from other places. And so then in January, 2021, I launched it as a paid mastermind and training program, honestly, for networking. So it's Mm -hmm. not enough just to network with people. Most people don't have the innate skill set to be really good at networking. They need to be taught on how to connect, how to ask the right questions, how to facilitate conversations that lead to sales, that lead to opportunities where doors are opened and introductions are made. So I was determined to make this a program where we are networking and we are learning how to network at the same time. Right. It always fascinated me 
you know, I um, go back to you know, working 20 years in senior HR roles before my last 10 years of executive coach work, coaching work to interviewing and hiring 6,000 people in my career. So I've done a lot of interviews and, and my, one of my favorite questions was, you know, tell me a bit about yourself and which very often would tell me whether the person was you know, really technical, whether they were super friendly, whether they were you know, wanting to brag right away. You know, what was it about them? Because it was such an open question. And watching some of the brilliant minds, because I was working a lot of the time in IT um, recruitment, was watching some of those those brilliant minds but they had no idea on how to talk about themselves. And they literally would squirm and they would say, well, Tom, what is it you want to know exactly? And they couldn't talk <laughs> generally about themselves. And so I know that this is a powerful art that is so important to get, um, to get professional support to develop and to do it well in a safe, supportive environment, because it's, you know, when you're practicing on your potential clients and you haven't done that in a safe zone, it can be a little bit off-putting um, because it just adds extra pressure, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And we we are practicing all the time, whether we want to or not. It's just, are you willing to practice it and get a lot of no's before you get yeses? Or are you willing to shorten that time span because you have invested in yourself and you have strategically connected with people who can support you with that? Yeah. Well, as you and I both know, um, you know that's why people hire uh, us as coaches, right? Me for my uh, business expertise, working in you know four different startups, actually uh, nine different startups now, four different countries, uh, corporate as well as the entrepreneur, uh, high growth, fast paced world. You know, some companies I've worked with have, you know, we've hired a thousand people in a year. I mean, there's a lot going on. It's very busy in the startup world. Um, and, and yet that experience has led to be so valuable in the coaching work that I do, because a lot of my women entrepreneurs, they want to make a big impact and they want to get going fast and they want to scale up and grow. And, and they can't do that without, having a team. So that's part of my current work too, is the the conscious CEO is what I call it, which is looking at how do we step from solopreneur into CEO to be able to hire, to lead, to empower that team with ease and grace so that it does provide a supportive network uh, in your business and allows us to actually take a vacation so that you know, we, we can have time at the beach and not be wondering whether or not our revenues are still kicking in. That's right. Ah, vacation. Vacation, <laughs> yes. Woo, the dip, the revenue dip. That, that's possible. So when people hire you for your voice work, part of that is, you know, potentially still, I imagine, is the, the singing piece but also about how do I use my voice more powerfully in business? Is that a, a niche? That's a pretty, yes. a pretty good niche you've been able to carve out with your opera background. Yes. And that's exactly what it is. I'm helping people use their voice to build their businesses faster. So that has different pieces to it. So it can be an internal piece, like their confidence, their ability to feel connected to their purpose and what they're meant mm -hmm. to say in the world. 
And then there's the physical voice. So how are they using their voice? Are they feeling fatigued at the end of the day? Are they feeling like their voice doesn't sound the way they want it to? I've had women come to me and say, I sound like a little girl. And men don't listen to what I have to say because of it. Or they'll have like a gravel in their voice and they'll say it, it just, it sounds you know, rusty or gravelly, or I don't like the way it sounds. And then there's the the actual words you choose and the structure of the talk and how do you create a presentation that's captivating so that people will continue to listen to you for long periods of time. So all of that comes together and it's a skill set that I never would have imagined when I was that little girl who just wanted to sing, mm -hmm. that I would actually have a business that helps people do all of that in the same you know, program to be able to be more powerful communicators so they can get out there and talk about their business, talk about themselves and attract the right people into their world who are going to make, um, you know, make a difference for them. Yeah. Well, if we if we look at the experience as uh, being a professional speaker, right, obviously you're comfortable on stage, but there is that piece of, you know, how do you um, in the first few seconds, captivate the audience so that they want, you know, they're, they're moving towards the edge of their seat. They want more. You know, what yeah. does that in a story arc look like? What's the conclusion? How do you get a standing ovation at the end? You know, whether you're singing <laughs> or, whether, or whether you're presenting. Are you you're asking for topic. the magic formula, Yvonne? You're <laughs> well, okay. yeah. you it, is, if there's a magic formula to share then let's yeah let's well you know it's a combination of things and it's it, so it's a combination of what i call the purpose voice your purpose voice like how grounded in your purpose are you how super connected are you to the knowledge that you're meant to do a certain thing in this world you're meant to accomplish certain things in this world you're meant to share yourself in a certain way with this world like how strong is that connection because when you have that connection how you walk on the stage how you address the audience how your body language looks to people how you feel as you speak is all impacted in a huge, huge way. And then the second piece is that physicality. So how good are you at breathing for speaking? How good are you are projecting? Or the number one vocal technique that helps you be captivating is called vocal variety. Mm. So vocal variety, think of it as like the music of your voice. So we all love music. And we're attracted to certain styles of music and we're attracted to certain styles of speaking. Right. So your voice has a music to it. And if it is too monotone, too flat, it's like listening to a song that only has one or two notes, right? Mm. After a while, you get kind of bored. Right. When you have vocal variety, you create more music. You create more highs in your voice and lows in your voice. You create faster pacing and slower pacing. Right. You create pause, right? There's all these pieces that add to vocal variety. And that is what makes you captivating because people are waiting to hear what you're going to do next. They're like, whoa, this is like a song. I want to hear what's coming. What's yeah. the what's the melody that I'm listening to? Yeah. The power of the pause is something I talk about in my uh, best-selling book was Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations. And in particular for women, we very often feel that you know we're we're in a room full of uh, of men you know senior men very often um, and we're feeling like they have put us on the spot we should know the answer and we don't um, we're not we can't know everything but if you have rehearsed ahead of time two or three responses 
to be able to deliver that and say, well, that's an interesting question. I haven't been asked that before. Let me do some research and come back with a fully fleshed out answer. So I'm not misquoting some statistics. Something that gives you pause to come back as your most brilliant self instead of sort of stumbling and fumbling and uh, I don't know, right? That's yes. kind of the worst thing that you can say. Well, <laughs> what are you going to yes. do about that, right? So the power of the pause is incredible. And then also there's a chapter, the last chapter actually, which is when no words are even required. So how do you set up that powerful presence when you walk into a room? I mean, even a simple thing like just putting a jacket on, having a collar on your jacket is um, more authoritative where you sit in the room. If you position yourself to be next to one of the most influential people in the room already, um, and there's a lot of techniques that are in the book that are really about setting yourself up to be heard because people are seeing you as worthy, credible, and having something valuable to say. Absolutely. And along those lines, you don't have to fill the space with the sound of your voice unless there's a real purpose behind it. Yes. I think sometimes we feel like, especially if we have a presentation that's 10 minutes, that we have to put as much into that 10 minutes as we can and just pack them full with content. Yeah. And oftentimes less is more, less is more. Most <laughs> and, times. Yes. Yes. And that's what creates the impact for people is that they remember what you said because of how you said it yeah. and how you made them feel. Right? Well, exactly. Back to Maya Angelou, right? People will mm -hmm. forget what you said etc cetera, etc cetera, but they will always remember how you made them feel absolutely yes. um super powerful the vocal variety piece absolutely and then the other piece is uh, about knowing your why and we've talked a little bit about you know i'm in i took advantage of stephanie's expertise and joined the empowered business networking group when that first came up as an opportunity um and there are techniques there are, is an art to networking well there's an art to how that connects to your marketing. There's an art to how that connects to a sales conversation. So these are all aspects of the, the training that is within the program, as well as having a safe place to practice networking, having a chance to build out those deeper referrals that come through business, because you actually do get to know the person quite deeply. It's not just a quick, hi, hello, and, you know, do you know anybody who does? <laughs> it's a deeper conversation than that, which I really like. Yeah. So as a business woman, I'm interested in what you've learned that could also be shared. A couple of tips maybe for women starting their own business to consider. What have you experienced that's helped you be super successful? Yeah, so I there's two things. One is... My original, my first business as a singing teacher was always very successful because I was out in the world marketing all the time. And how I was marketing was I was on stage. Right. <laughs> I was constantly on stage singing in something. I was in a musical. I was performing in a group. I was always out there. And so people saw me using my voice and therefore they asked, do you teach voice lessons? And I would say yes. And I built a full practice just doing that. When I transferred into the business world, the one thing I really needed to really translate the marketing over into the business world was a really good coach. Hmm. 
And I was lucky the day that I went to eWomen Network and discovered what business networking was all about was the day I met someone who told me about her business coach. And she has been my business coach ever since. So yeah. I highly recommend to any woman who is starting out or any man for that matter who is starting out with a new business, get yourself a fantastic business coach that's in alignment with your values, that really resonates with you because you're not meant to be in business alone. You're just not. And we all need to learn how to be better at marketing. We need to be better at communicating our value in the world so that people know we exist. Mm-hmm. And it was easy as a singer because it was a built-in marketing plan. But right. as a speaking coach, I had to adjust and I had to learn about social media and I had to learn about how do I introduce myself as a business owner and all of those pieces. How do I create a business plan? How do I plan anything in my business? Because <laughs> I'm not a big planner to begin with. So how do I action slow down? Yeah, that's right. I'm a total action type all the way. And that's gotten me really far in my life. I mean, you know, I say yes way more than I say no. And so lots of opportunities have come my way as a result of that. And I don't always capitalize on every opportunity in the way I could because I'm not as organized as I could be, right? But my business coach is, she is a nurturing blueprint personality type. So it's a perfect combination (laughs) for me. She's like great communicator and she's also super organized and teaches me how to put processes in place that I need. So, I mean, that's, that's just my biggest recommendation is just make sure you've got a, got a great coach and that you are focusing on what brings in the dollars, Right. So it's so easy to get distracted by, oh, I need a website, I need the perfect website, or I need to read this book, or I need to take this educational course, or I need to have a podcast, or I need to write a book. And I have to do all this before I can actually talk to people about my business and ask them to give me money. No. Huge mistake. <laughs> Huge <No>. mistake. <laughs> it's great to have a nice website, but what about the traffic strategy? That's to right. To look at it. That's right. It's a great way to hide and spend a lot of money and then feel bad about yourself. That's a great strategy, that first one I just laid out. But if you want to actually, yeah, if you want to make an impact, if you really want to grow your business, if you really want to make money, you need to talk to people. <laughs> You know, the best thing you can do is talk to people. And that's why networking is so important because you talk to people and you practice talking to people. (laughs) And that's, that's, that's all you really need when you first start out. Yeah. A phone and two, three contacts. Um, I remember uh, working with one gal who was a new immigrant to Calgary um, and she didn't know anybody. And I said, well, guess what? You know me, right? So who is it that you want to connect with? And I'll connect you with three other people. And if you connect with each of those three people and ask them to introduce you to three people, well, you're going to start mushrooming that out. It really isn't that difficult because generally people want to help. They just need the clarity on who you want to connect with and how they can best introduce you as to why you're making that connection and then being willing to ask them to take the extra step. Would you mind being um, able to help me one tiny bit further by actually making that introduction? Um, Could you send them an email? Could you make a personal introduction for me? It just sounds so much more powerful and they're much more likely to respond than if you say, well, Fred asked me to call you or or suggested I call you. It just doesn't have that same credibility um, when they haven't done the personal introduction. So that's something that I always encourage too. And yeah. it doesn't take a lot. You know, a phone, yes. A website, yes. 
and a traffic strategy like what's going to cause people to look at it because otherwise it's like a sunny day with the blinds drawn as one of my colleagues says um no one's going to be looking at it so it's very um very true and the piece about coaching what i've discovered and my coach says this too is you know 85 percent of what we do is the business of running the business the 15 percent which is our technical skill is the piece that very often people get the, the mix the wrong way around instead of spending their time on that 85 that's going to get them more business they tend to get stuck in delivering the services and then not putting their head up to actually see what's you know see what the bigger picture is and then they max out their hours because they're trading time for dollars um, so that's part of my work is you know helping my clients to see as well you know what are the questions that they don't even know they need to ask yet and um, what is that bigger picture how do startups get started and how do they scale up fast and how do you add on to your team so that you're hiring the right person at the right time so very valuable so what have you noticed that women do or say which can diminish their authority and how can they switch that up to elevate it what are your thoughts on that well, when they are, what I see in a networking situation is when people kind of make excuses uh, when they're introducing themselves, you know, like, oh, I'm just getting started out, or they, they say things that immediately make you question how confident they are. Right. And I do think there is something to be said about fake it till you make it on some level, especially when you're introducing yourself to like really claim your value, even if even if there's a piece of you that's feeling like you have imposter syndrome, <laughs> right? Like just yep. to really claim your value because that is what leads to more introductions and connections. And it's great practice. You know, one of the things I see happen when people are using their voice and let's say they have a cold or they're sick, I used to teach singers and when they would have a cold, they would go to an audition and they would immediately apologize before their audition. They would say, oh, it's not going to sound that great today because I have a cold. Right. Oh, that was always the worst pet peeve for me. I'm like, they can tell you have a cold. You do not need to tell them that. You just go in there with confidence and do your best because that's what they're looking for. They not only want the best singer, but they want someone who is confident who they want to work with. So never apologize. Never apologize. Yeah. Again, again, it's it's in my book. <laughs> Particularly in Canada, we do a lot of apologizing. Women do even more apologizing. Yeah. So um, I was just sharing with somebody yesterday. Um, I think it was a, another another podcast, a podcast that I was a guest on. Um, that you know, saying sorry over and over again just does not add to your confidence. So instead of saying sorry, just let them know. You know, this is something that. I trust I may be forgiven for. I'll do it differently next time. But stop saying sorry, woman. Yes. Stop saying sorry. <laughs> we're on the um, same page. <laughs> we are. Well, we're both coaches. We're both, we both have that underpinning of wanting to see people flourish and have more confidence in business. I do a lot of work around imposter syndrome as well, helping women to really step into their power when they are clear on their business goals and direction, then they naturally walk with their head higher, their shoulders back, they're more confident overall because they know that they are doing a great job. It makes a difference. And, and I'm trained in Reiki as well. So 
We do that. And yet we have the distinctly different services. I could not stand. I mean, I did stand on stage once at a T.R. Becker workshop, a warrior workshop and sing, um, which was hilarious because the person who was my buddy, we had to, in, in a, a 10 minute period, create a song and then deliver it in front of 400 people. Well, when you're I not a singer, that. that, I mean, I was standing in the lineup. <laughs> For you know, fifteen minutes, getting ready to go on stage, wanting to throw up the whole time, and then the person who went in front of me was this incredible rapper, and he just and started and delivered, and everyone was cheering and clapping. I'm great. I've got to follow that. Um, but it was a very mind-stretching experience because it was one of those things. I never thought that I would have the confidence to do it. And I did it and people clapped, people clapped. And it was incredible. I so, love that. You just gave me an idea, Yvonne, for another workshop I could do. <laughs> <laughs> Write a song and sing it. I love it for business owners. Yay. <laughs> yeah, for business owners. Thank you, Tiha Rekha. <laughs> yeah. So um, a couple of um, things I would be interested in too is, you know, when you think about what you've learned in business, whether that's through your own business experiences, uh, through the EB, um, EBN, the Empowered Business Network uh, startup and experiences in that in the last uh, 18 months, or through eWomen Network, what would be maybe five top insights that you would share with women in particular who want to see success, more success in their business? First insight is that having a business is your biggest personal development journey of your life. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> you are going to be challenged on all sorts of things along the way. And if you love personal development, then you're in the right place. <laughs> if you want to work on yourself, if you are dedicated to doing a better job um, with your personal development, then, you know, it's it's a great fit. Then I would say from there setting boundaries, learning how to set really strong boundaries is going to be key. And we have a lot of limiting beliefs about saying no, I think as women. So being able to really stand in the power of saying no and setting clear boundaries around what you're willing and not willing to do because you feel like the client has to have it a certain way. That's not true. That's a limiting belief that you'll make a whole lot more money, quite frankly, if you can overcome that belief. Setting boundaries was huge for me, a huge learning in business. If you don't want to work in the evenings, don't. If you don't want to work on the weekends, don't. Your clients will adjust to you. They really, truly will. And that is a lesson that was hard learned for me. I spent a lot of time training, training, trading dollars for hours and also working way too late at night and taking all the time away from my family to work on weekends. And then I would say another great lesson is delegation. Just really learning how to delegate because you're going to get to a certain point in your business. And it could be even that the delegation falls to your spouse or your significant other or your children where you're like, listen, I need more help around the house or I need to hire uh, a cleaner for the house or I need quiet time uh, this Saturday morning to do a special project. You know, being able to delegate and have people help you 
is a lesson for the small business owner because we tend to not be very good at it <laughs> at first. And then now I'm to the point where I've got a virtual assistant and I'm willing to really delegate more and more to my virtual assistant so he or she can take things off my plate that I am not that great at, you know, that I feel like maybe I have to do it, but I'm not really great at it. Why am I doing it? It'll free my time up to do what I love to do, which is actually to get on the phone with people and talk to them <laughs> or to book more speaking engagements so that I'm talking to groups of people, which is actually my favorite thing to do. So I would say those are like the top three lessons. And if I had to come up with actual five of them per Yvonne's request here, I would say, you know, learning the lesson of difficult conversations, because the longer you're in business, the more you're going to come across people who do not agree with you or who are offended by something that you say or who challenge you in some way with your belief system. And you're going to have to have a difficult conversation. That difficult conversation might be with a client, it might be with a prospect, it could be with your spouse. But it's all part of the personal development journey. And the more you can have those difficult conversations that lead to resolutions, that lead to success, the better off you're going to be. So Yvonne, I was just saying the difficult conversations is a huge, huge lesson for the small business owner. So um, yeah. Do you have something that you wanted to leave the audience with? Because I'm sure they all want to keep in touch now they've heard about what brilliant services you're offering. Yes. Yeah, so one of my zones of genius is, is, is that I put people together in the same room so they can meet each other and get to know each other. So I'm inviting anybody who would like to come visit my virtual networking group, Empower Business Networking, I'll gift you a free ticket. So tickets are normally $47 and I have a coupon code that makes it free. So if you use the code EBNVIP, so E as in Edward, B as in business, N as in networking, VIP, then you will get a free ticket. If you could go to ebnnetworking.com, that's my website for my networking organization, ebnnetworking.com, or you can also get to it through empoweryourvoice.com. So empoweryourvoice.com is my main website for all of my services, and the networking uh, has the link within that as well. So whatever works for you, but come check out our next meeting and uh, uh, be my guest. That is delightful. Thank you so much. That's so generous of you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. So we've, we've shared a lot of information today. I hope you were taking notes, you know, vocal um, variety, uh, confidence as a speaker, how to leverage the power of speaking to build out your business as people see you, standing in your power, being clear in your why, using your energetic presence and resonance to show confidence, a few other tips around that and your language as well. Absolutely key. Don't share things that you're not confident about. Just dive in. It's like doing a presentation and saying, oh, well, I have more slides to share. You don't have to tell people that. They didn't know what was coming anyway. <laughs> so <Yeah>. true. <laughs> so thank you for joining me today, Stephanie. It's been a pleasure. I'm looking forward to the next uh, EBN meeting. It's always interesting to meet new people and to be learning deeper wisdom and tips uh, based on your experience as a vocal coach. 
and looking at how we can translate that into having more successful businesses when we speak up, when we articulate our vision, when we help our clients to say yes by sharing with them what it is we do and how we do it and why they absolutely want to stay connected with us. I hope you've enjoyed the show today, everybody. Thank you so much, Stephanie. And uh, again, look at ways that you can leverage your voice. What do you need to say yes to more of and with confidence? And if you're in doubt on how to do that, please feel free to reach out to me, YvonneSilva.com. And if you're wanting more information about that conscious CEO work I talked about earlier, the next event is listed on my website under the events tab and it's coming up on March 23rd at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Thank you so much, Stephanie. I look forward to staying in touch with you. Thank you for having me, Yvonne. You're, you're welcome. Have a fabulous day. Bye for now, everybody. Ladies, a new book is on the horizon. Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations. This new book is for women ready to rediscover their inner confidence, take a stand for themselves in life and business by using more powerful language. Words are so powerful and already changed history. On October 5th, the New York Times published a story detailing decades of allegations of sexual harassment against film producer Harvey Weinstein. And numerous women in the entertainment industry found the courage to go public, banding together with a powerful voice that change is long overdue. Even Oprah Winfrey, television network icon, gave a rousing speech at the Golden Globe Awards in January. The media has showcased the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund. The Me Too movement is flourishing and all signaling it's time for women's equality and change. I believe it's time to give women the verbal agility to create more confident conversations. Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations is the book which provides practical approaches for women to ask for what we really want and receive our request. Hello, I'm Yvonne Silver, Certified Executive Coach and Senior HR Professional, seasoned in business. I teach women to flourish in business by using more confident language to help empower and engage others. This book is the result of over 35 years of my career, professional career, working in four different countries. I've interviewed over 6,000 people in my career for job interviews, executive coaching, for sales and consulting conversations. And I've listened to hundreds of women in particular who are looking for a better way to collaborate. They're looking to be uh, asking for what they really want and heard and validated, especially in business. And women often earn less than men for doing exactly the same job. It's 2018. It's time for change. The modern art of confident conversations explores words we use at home, at work. Words that trip us up, elevate us and encourage us. And when no words are even required. It is about how to leverage the power of words in a positive, in a collaborative and impactful way. Now I work with women entrepreneurs and leaders who are empowering other women and leading through mentorship programs and my coaching, public speaking, interviews and writing. 
I'm passionate about women's equality. Why? I grew up in England in a house with a flow of negative comments from my father, which destroyed my mum's dignity until she became an empty shell of the vibrant woman she'd once been, belittled by constant criticism and questioning of her abilities. Through my own life journey and supporting hundreds of female clients, I've discovered critical words to ask to get what we really want collaboratively. I know there are critical links between our language, our behavior, our mindset, and our success in life. Words from a song can replay in our head for hours and poetry can bring a lump in our throats. I've combined my insights with interviews from influential women, sharing their pearls of wisdom, supplemented with research and reference studies from established scholars. Women are rising up. It's time for women to be heard. Let's use more powerful, positive language and join the rising tide of change. This book is for you, a woman looking to the future, ready to embrace significant positive changes in your life by using more confident language. Eliminate those words that drain your power, add words that energize and invigorate and shift from ordinary to extraordinary. Just one word can change your life. I believe every woman needs their own copy of this powerful book. It's time for action and time for change. Order and reserve your own copy of Words, Women and Wisdom today.